Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let us pray, beloved. Father, we thank you again for this time, this fellowship, this meeting that you have called. Father, I pray that you give me utterance, give us understanding, that your word may be profitable for us in the name of Jesus. And Father God, I pray that you teach us by yourself, by your spirit. Father God, I may not convey your word properly or entirely, but Father God, you can do exceedingly abundantly beyond all I can say even in these short moments by your spirit. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Praise the Lord, beloved. We're back again and by God's grace, and we're going to pick up from where we stopped at the last episode. We were speaking from Revelations 2, verse 14, where the Lord said, speaking to his church, his church, I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them, believers. In that church, there were believers that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. In God's church, as it was with the Israelites, which were also his church, there are some people that hold the doctrine of Balaam. And we spoke last time, we were saying, I hope you're going to listen to that first before you listen to this episode, that the doctrine of Balaam sneaks in into the people of God, to the house of God, to cause them to defile themselves before God. And we spoke on what the Lord commands to do with the doctrine of Balaam. Because the doctrine of Balaam is a stumbling block. He commands to do with stumbling blocks that they be taken out of the way. We read that in Isaiah 57 verse 14, which says, And shall say, Cast ye up, cast ye up, prepare the way. Listen now. Take up the stumbling block out of the way of my people. So what do you do with a stumbling block? You take it away, the Lord commands, out of the way of his people. Mm-hmm. You take it away. Remove that stumbling block. Remove that stumbling block. Because if the stumbling block is there, the people cannot progress. Again, I'm not going to repeat it here, but we spoke about what a stumbling block means. It stops you from progressing, from getting to a goal. And we said last time, as we were concluding, that an example of the doctrine of Balaam is this currently popular it seems, doctrine of once saved, always saved. 
the so-called doctrine of eternal security. The doctrine says, in effect, that once a person is saved, they can never lose their salvation. There's nothing that they could ever do. No sin, no iniquity, no transgression, no lifestyle that they persist and continue in could ever make them go to hell. Once they are saved, they're on the way to heaven. That's it. No life they could ever leave could ever change that. The doctrine of Balaam. You see, several years ago as a young believer, I encountered this doctrine in a very unexpected way. Unexpected way. Uh, back then I was a I was a young bachelor working for a business and the owner of this business was a young lady that was married. I believe um, I believe she had twin girls, little girls. I said that time anyway. I had also met the husband and I mean, I didn't know them, like knowing them personally, but hey, this was my boss. Kind of knowing, if you know what I mean. Now, she was young, like I said. Um, I would guess maybe, probably, I was in my 20s. Uh, I would say she was no more than a year or two older than me, max. So she was she was that young. But this was their business, she and her husband. Now, I knew she was a Christian. I mean, I heard her speak. Um, she said, she had said she was a, she was a Baptist. Again, if you guys want to hate me for that, that's fine. You know, I'm going to just say the way, <laughs> the way it is. That's what she said she was. She said she was a Baptist. I don't hate Baptists. I'm just saying what she said. Anyways, one day at work, I was at my duty post, and she came by my my section, and... Um, after some very brief, you know, walk conversation, she unexpectedly, you know, started running her fingers down my face, like, oh well. It was just me and her there. Now her husband does not work at the business. The husband has a different um, uh, occupation. Let me put it like that. Different different job that he does. So he's not on site. And where we were, it was it was just two of us that were there. Myself and this boss lady. Now she was running her fingers down my face. Uh I was in shock. I mean, I was a young Christian myself, young in the sense of um, I was saved probably a couple of years. 
I reacted in shock and I blurted out, uh, but you're a Christian. I mean, I don't know that's what came from me, you know, but, 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 but you're a Christian. But her response to me was she was a Baptist. And she told me very calmly, in a matter-of-fact way, uh, I'll never forget, <laughs> that she did not contribute to her salvation. So there was nothing that she could do to detract from her salvation. It was by grace. I was shocked, beloved. I was, um, I didn't know what to say. But of course, my reaction let her know that whatever her proposal was, was a no. <laughs> it was dead on arrival, DOA. I'm not going to mess with you for nothing. Whether you're the boss or not, it doesn't matter. Now, after that encounter, I tried to dive into what is this doctrine? What What, what is this, guys? What What is it? Is this correct? Is this true? How do people think like that? What does the Word of God say about that? Don't forget now, the doctrine of Balaam is subtle. The Lord was lamenting in Revelations 2.14, there are some there in that church that hold the doctrine of Balaam. What is that doctrine? They can, you can eat things sacrificed to idols, you can commit fornication, and you're all right. It doesn't do anything to you. It doesn't matter. That's the doctrine of Balaam. That's the doctrine of once saved, always saved. That's what the Israelites would, well, go back to the last episode if you missed that. That was the Israelites' mindset. Not all of them, some of them. Korah and his crew. We're all holy. What you mean? Emmanuel, God is with us. Don't you see that cloud that is that that that, that is there by day? Don't you see that fire by night? It's the same thing. God is with us. What are you talking about? I can speak in tongues. Zakobrobobabashilados. Yes. God is with me. Nothing I could ever do can change that. Mm-hmm. Don't you see the miracles that happens in this church? Mm-hmm. Mm. Don't you feel the presence of God in the worship? Oh, yes. Don't you see the sister and the brother dancing in the Holy Ghost? Mm-hmm. God is with us. That's what Korah said. The children of Israel, when they were fighting the Philistines, they brought the ark of God to the camp. Or before they did that, they said, how come some of our soldiers died? You know what? Let's go get the ark of God. Mm-hmm. Let's get that ark, and the ark will save us. It doesn't matter we're living in sin or disobedience to God. Eli and, 
and his uh, Eli's sons, I should say, that were steep in sin, in the temple of God, in the house of God, that were doing all kinds of stuff. They were the same ones that carried the ark to the battlefield. You know the story. It's in the last episode. They didn't want to deal with the dictates of God so long as they had the things of God. Mm-hmm. The Holy Ghost is a gift from God. Miracles, signs, and wonders is a gift from God. These are the operations of God. But they are different from God in the sense of you can still have the gift and the God that gave the gift has left you. Mm-hmm. Samson was living in sin. Uh, going to Ohala's house, the man of God. And God was still moving with him until he crossed the line. You see, there comes a time when we cross the line. And the Bible says he wist not that God had left him. One of the, if I may say so, very painful parts in the scripture. He wished not. That you find that in Judges chapter 16, verse 20. Let me read verse 19. He's with Delilah now, and she made him sleep, that Samson, upon her knees. And she called the man and caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. Verse 20. And she said, the Philistines be upon this Samson, and he woke out of his sleep and said, this is what he said, I will go out as at other times before, and what? And I will shake myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go out at other times, and I'm going to speak in tongues. Hallelujah. I'll go out at other times and, and, and quote, Scriptures. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the blessed of God. Hallelujah. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I, ah, I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed coming out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Samson said, I'll go out as at other times before and shake myself. But the very f- sad clause of that verse says, and he wished not that the Lord was departed from him. Oh Lord, help us. Oh Lord, help us. Once saved, always saved? Really? Is that what the scripture teaches? Really? Let's, 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 Let's let's spend sp- spend some time on that. Ezekiel 20, um, eighteen, Ezekiel eighteen, verse twenty three to verse thirty. A stumbling block to many believers, because they have a wrong mindset. They don't aim 
for the prize. They don't aim towards the goal that God said for us to aim. Ephesians chapter 4. They will be conformed to the image of his dear son. To be conformed to the image of Christ. The fullness of Christ. Mm -hmm. They are content. Yeah, I was saved 25 years ago. I said a prayer. And now I'm about to hook up with so and so. I know it's not my wife or my husband, but it's all right. I mean, whatever I do, it, does, it doesn't change anything. I didn't earn my salvation, so I can't, I can't put, I can't spoil my salvation, you know. I didn't hold God up, so I can't bring him down. Uh, okay. Ah. Ezekiel 18, 23 to 30. Have I any pleasure, the Lord says, at all that the wicked should die, said the Lord God, and not that he should return from his ways and leave. Verse 24. But when the righteous turneth away from his righteousness and committed iniquity and doeth according to all the abominations that the wicked man doeth, shall he leave? Listen. The Lord is saying, when the righteous man turns from his righteousness, and commits iniquity and does everything, all the abominations that wicked people do. Will that righteous man leave? This is the Lord saying that, not Josh. I'm not saying anything. I'm just copying and pasting. The Lord continues, All his righteousness that he has done shall not be mentioned in his trespass that he has trespassed and in his sin that he has sinned in them shall he die. Yet you say the ways of the Lord are not equal. Hear now, O house of Israel, is not my way equal? Are not your ways unequal? When a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity and dies in them, meaning the, this righteous man that, that, that did iniquity did not repent, he continued in his iniquity and he died in his iniquity. For the iniquity that he has done shall he die. Verse 27. Again, when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness that he has committed and doeth that which is lawful and right, he shall save his soul alive. Verse 28. Because he considered and turneth away from all his transgressions that he has committed, he shall surely live, he shall not die. Yet said the house of Israel. The way of the Lord is not equal. O house of Israel, are not my ways equal? Are not your ways unequal? Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel. Everyone according to his ways, saith the Lord God, repent, 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 and turn yourself from all your transgression, so iniquity shall not be your ruin. The doctrine of Balaam seeks to make iniquity the ruin of the Christian as it was the ruin of the Israelites because it is ruin coming from within. It's not from without. It is a self-sabotaging doctrine. It is a self-sabotaging scheme of the enemy. It is a self-sabotaging wile of the enemy. 
But the Lord was saying in Revelation 2.14, there are some believers that are holding that doctrine. And it's going to be to their ruin, beloved. And the Lord is saying, remove that stumbling block from before my people. Remove it. Remove it. Take up the stumbling block out of the way of my people, Isaiah 57, 14. Because it will be to their ruin. Okay. Yeah. Somebody may say, well, that's the Old Testament. That's fine. That's fine. Let's go to the New Testament. Matthew 7, verse 21 to 23. The Lord said... Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Mm-hmm. In thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Lord, don't forget, we prophesied in your name. Don't forget, Lord, in your name we cast out devils. I was Bishop Wonderful. I was Prophet Awesome. Lord, I did this stuff in your name. And in your name I did many other wonderful works. Don't forget that, Lord. Verse 23. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that walk iniquity. Mm. I never knew you. That's. But how can the Lord say, I never knew you? Hmm. I never knew you. We'll, 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 we'll get to that later. John 15, verse 1 to 10. Jesus is saying, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean to the word which I have spoken unto you. So as a believer... A branch in the vine, which is Jesus, if we don't bear fruit, cut. Verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. Hold on. Why is Jesus telling believers that are already in him to abide in him? Because they can choose to unabide. Once saved is not always saved. You still have a choice. You still have a say-so by your actions, by your will. You still have a choice. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abided in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Verse 6. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, 
and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. So the man that was once in him, that chose not to abide in him, is cast forth as a branch and it withers and is guarded and is cast in the fire and is burned. Once saved, always saved. Really? If you abide in me, verse 7, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Verse 8, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. That's verse 9. Verse 10, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus is saying the way to abide in his love is to keep his commandments. Even as he, Jesus, abides in his Father's love because he has kept his Father's commandments. Remember now the Father said in the book of Philippians chapter 2, I believe, that God was highly exalted that Jesus had obeyed him even unto death even unto death and gave him a name that is above all names. Now, it was obedience till the end that that gave Jesus that promotion. The Bible says that is in Philippians chapter 2 from verse, uh, let me see, verse 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he opened himself and became obedient unto death. Unto death. Jesus was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, verse 9, God, has, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That name of Jesus, verse 10, every knee should bow of things in heaven and in earth and things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is so plain, it's scary. Yeah, I'm preaching to myself. You thought I was preaching to you? Oh, no, no, no. I, I was talking to myself. Oh, help me, Lord. I kept my Father's commandments. That's how I abide in His love. You better keep my commandments so you abide in my love. But I thought God loved us unconditionally. (laughs) Oh, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Yes, he did. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yes, he did. After he saved us, he demands of us to obey his commandments. That's not too hard to understand, is it? Oh, well. Romans 11, 17 to 22. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were graft in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the, the root, but the root thee. That will say, then the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, verse 20, because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith, 
Listen now. Thou standest by faith, be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Verse 22, Behold therefore the goodness and severity of God. Now this is New Testament, guys. This is Romans 11, reading verse 22. Now this is not Old Testament. Behold therefore the goodness and severity of God on them which fell severity, but towards the goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. Now, it says there in verse 20, Thou standest by faith. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you got saved by grace through faith. Thou standest by faith. But again, like we said in the introduction, the first podcast in this series, that's the introduction, the Word of God checks itself it balances itself you don't take one and run if there's a counterbalance now there's a counterbalance to romans that says we are saved by faith it's not a counterbalance to contradict it no it balances it so we can get the full counsel of god james chapter 2 gives some of that counterbalance James chapter 2, don't forget now, we just read Romans eleven twenty. you stand by faith. James chapter 2 from verse 17 reads as follows. Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. Mm-hmm. So if you're standing by faith and your faith has no works, oh, oh, oh well, um, that's a different topic, but there are different kinds of works. It's important that we don't mix them up and lose sight of what God is saying. There are different kinds of works. There are the works of the law. There are works of faith. There are self-righteous works. There are different kinds, different kinds. Here, he is talking about the works of faith. Even so, faith, if it has no works, if it was the it, faith, if faith has no works. So these are the works of faith. I hope you get that. Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead being alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, verse 18, a man may say, thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God that doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know you have faith in God. Praise the Lord. Uh, devils also have faith in God because they believe God exists. They don't say God doesn't exist. Devils are not atheists. <laughs> uh, 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 it's by faith. We haven't seen God, but we believe God exists. Mm-hmm. Devils also believe God exists. That's what James is saying. So they have faith also. 
Verse 19 again, Thou believest that there is one God that doeth well. The devils also believe and tremble. But, verse 20, Will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Faith that did not produce works is dead faith. Faith that did not produce works is dead faith. So the Lord could tell the people in Matthew, we read in Matthew 7 verse 23, says, I never knew you. Yeah, but, 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 but Lord, we cast the devils in your name. But, 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 but we heal the sick in your name. But, 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 but we, we, we did miracles in your name. Uh, yes. But that faith should have produced good works. That faith should have produced righteousness. That faith should have produced holiness. Devils can't produce that, but they have faith. They can't produce righteousness. They can't produce holiness. So the Lord says, I never knew you because you were workers of iniquity. Because if a grown tree has no fruit and you cut it down, it's like the, the tree never existed. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it grew for a couple of years. Remember that fig tree that, that, that would grown for three years? And the Lord was saying, uh, I need some fruit here now. What, what, what's happening? There was none. Because when he cuts it down, it's like it never existed. I never knew you. Oh, well. Verse 20, James 2. But without no O vain man that faith without works is dead? Verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. Mm. Faith without works is an imperfect faith. And when the works continue to be lacking, that imperfect faith will die. Verse 23, And the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the hallowed justified by works when she had received the messengers, and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Once saved, always saved. Really? Once you made a confession of faith, but your works were works of iniquity. The doctrine of Balaam. That's going to stop you from progressing, beloved. But the commandment of the Lord, Isaiah 57, 14, take up the stumbling block out of the way of my people. That's why we are speaking, beloved. 
that stumbling block, if you're holding on to it, beloved, it's time to let it go. Because that stumbling block will prevent you from getting to where God wants you to be. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 to 27. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Listen now, verse 27, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest, Paul is saying this, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Once saved, always saved. Really? Really? Paul says, I got to watch myself. Because there's the possibility that I can preach to others. I can hold crusades around the world. I can be Bishop Wonderful. I can prophesy. I can lay hands. I can raise the dead. I can preach the gospel. I can do all these wonderful things. It is possible that at the end of the day, I might become a castaway. Oh, God forbid. Oh, Father, please have mercy. Beloved, it's right there. The doctrine of Balaam. The doctrine of Balaam. You can defile yourself and you're all right with God. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Ah, I would have to wait, beloved. I would have to wait. Let me pick this up next time we meet. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.